A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Take a leap of faith and never look back. My guest today is Mike Garrick, a firefighter turned coach. We're sitting down for a conversation on dealing with stress and fear, coaching and influencing people, and building an unbreakable mindset. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Could you just tell us uh, a bit about your story and how you ended up in your current situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, how far do you want me to go back? Uh, I mean, shoot, do it all. All right. I'll just give you a quick overview of, uh, growing up, I had a pretty rough childhood and, um, came from a divorced family and, um, dealt with a lot of, of uncertainty and a lot of fear. And I, I believe that's probably what led me down the path to being a firefighter. And once I became a firefighter, um, you're really not taught how to deal with the things we're going to be talking about today. So basically what happened was, was I had so much stress in my life and then going into a job that's extremely stressful. I didn't have any tools to deal with that. So basically what happened is, is my capacity. um, I hit my capacity or my threshold for stress and I broke and, 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 and when I say I broke, I literally physiologically broke. I developed something called Bell's palsy. And that's where half of the side of your face, that's uh, a neurological condition brought on by stress. And half of my face was paralyzed for about six weeks. And I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. I thought I was stroking out, to be honest with you. I thought I had a stroke. And um, after doing a little bit of research, I found out that it was something called Bell's palsy and that it's brought on by stress. And... I realized at that moment how important it was to figure out ways to deal with stress because I had zero. My dad was an alcoholic and that's how he coped with stress. And obviously we know that alcoholism is not uh, an effective way to deal with stress. So I actually started to do that. I started to drink and um, that just made things worse. So when I broke, uh, I dealt with a lot of, 
uncertainty at that point. I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I was introduced to personal development at that point. And I started to, to open up into that. And that just led me down a path that I had just taken off with. Um, I started to read everything I could get my hands on, on the mind and also the body. Uh, because ultimately, we need a way to process that. And if, if we turn to drugs and alcohol or anything else that's going to lean, lead down destruction, path of destruction, um, it's, not, it's not good. So what I learned was that I had to learn how to control my mind. I had to learn how to control my emotions. I had to have uh, a lot more self-awareness to understand what was going on. Because men, at least I can speak for myself, uh, we have a tendency to just suppress things and just not deal with them. So let's just, you know, move past. We're just going to keep moving past. And when you suppress things, eventually they're going to, they're going to come out. So um, I, I started to read everything I could get my hands on. I started to hire coaches. And at that point, I started to learn um, tools on how to, to cope with and deal with stress. So I think, uh, I think at that point, um, yeah, anyway, that's just, that's, that's the basic overview. And like, as a firefighter, you're going to deal with the situations of like a lot of fear and stress. I mean, when other people are like running out of burning buildings, you're running in. So are you not like taught um as like part of becoming a firefighter um to deal with that no so you're you're trained on how to you're trained on how to deal with fire but you're not trained on how to deal with stress so ultimately you're left to 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 learn how to deal with that yourself and everybody deals with it differently most firefighters use humor uh, that's a great way as a great way to, to decompress, but everybody has different backgrounds. And so, for example, like me and my background, I had a very rough upbringing. And so I learned how to deal with stress differently than somebody else. And, and if you don't deal with stress and if you don't like learn how to deal with it, then it just builds up and comes out in different ways. And ultimately it just keeps stacking up. So they don't teach you that they just teach you skills, which is important because part of, of dealing with stress and fear is moving forward, is taking action. That's one of the biggest things you can do is to move forward. Because if you, if you stop, if you become um, paralyzed, they say paralysis by analysis, and, and you don't move, you've got to be decisive and you've got to move forward. So that's what the training really teaches you is, is how to, to keep moving forward. But what happens when you you go in and let's say you find you know like there's a there's a victim in there that's died and passed away like we talk about it a little bit but we're not trained on how to deal with it in our mind and in our body like that's something i had to completely learn on my own and when you become a firefighter it's kind of a weeding out process because there's certain people that can handle it and certain people that can't handle it that can handle death seeing death and and um, extreme chaos. So you, your ability to deal with those things we're gonna, are going to dictate uh, your, your longevity in the career. So for me personally, I, I was dealing with my work life, but I was also dealing with my personal life. And it just adds up. 
And you have to have a certain, a certain capacity to be able to deal with that. And, and I broke and I hit by, I hit the, I hit my capacity. I hit my threshold because I didn't have any of those tools until I learned and, and learned of myself. I had to study myself. What did you learn from that? Like some takeaways from, from, from being a firefighter. Did, did, um, yeah, we could do that too, but like dealing from, uh, dealing with stress and all of that. Um, but yeah, let's do, uh, like lessons from being a firefighter first and then like moving into dealing with stress. And I think it's probably going to be a little bit different than, uh, than most people expect, to be honest with you. Some of the biggest lessons I've learned from being a firefighter is communication is communication. When you, when you look into how most firefighters die, uh, in fires, it's communication. It's a lack of communication. So I'd say communication is number one. Also learn a ton about tolerance and because you're living with, uh, with several other, other people, uh, for, 48 hours or longer. And so you have all that stress um, on top of the stress of living with a bunch of, of guys, you know, that are stressed out. So that's, that's a big, big um, lesson is to learn how to be tolerant with, with other people um, and understand when people are going through, uh, going through hard times and going through stress and going through pain, they act completely different and it can actually bring people together. Uh, that's something that I've learned um, is that if you take advantage of it positively, then you can turn it into something good. And a lot of times it escalates into, into fights or arguments or things like that. But if your intentions behind that are, are, um, are positive, uh, you can build some very, very strong relationships with it. And then I think the third thing is, is, is learning how to deal with fear and stress. So I had, like what I taught myself and what I had to learn is that, is that fear is a, is, is energy that starts to, that starts to bubble up maybe from it's different for different people, but me, it starts in my stomach and it starts to come up into my chest and it's, it's a feeling and our mind gets to interpret that. So most of the time fear is misinterpreted energy because it just comes up and we just let it um, take over. And if we let it take over, it shuts down our, our mind. Your, if your pulse reaches a certain level, which is what fear does, then your thinking mind, your prefrontal cortex shuts off, and then you just start to react. So that's important for a couple of reasons. One, if you can prevent that from happening, then that's ideal. That takes a lot of breath work. It takes a lot of self-awareness of what's going on. Uh, it takes a lot of... Um, understanding perception of, 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 of the situation, but it's practice. So whenever you, whenever you have anything in life, that's, that is scary, you get to practice with that. Um, speaking in front of people, you know, going out and doing hard things, your heart rate is going to start to, is going to start to, to rise. And you combat that by, listening to what your narrative is, which are what, how you're talking to yourself and also your breath work, because your breathing is the biggest secret and the biggest tool, but you have to be self-aware of what's going on first, because a lot of times people, they're not even aware that they're afraid until it's too late. And then once you're in that stage, once your heart is beating that hard, it's really hard to bring it back down. But if you can, if you can be aware of it happening, as soon as it starts to happen, 
then you can start to control your breathing. You can listen to what the story that you're telling yourself and you can change that story because that's what most people do. They'll start to say something that's very scary or negative in their head and then their body reacts to it. But if you, let me give you an example. Some people, when they jump out of an airplane, okay, to skydive, like it's, it's the funnest thing in the world, but other people, it's, it's the most scariest thing in the world. So what's the difference? It's the interpretation of the event. So as it starts to come up, you can interpret that energy and that takes practice. So that's the point of, of fear is, is, is developing courage is to put yourself in positions that you will experience the fear and that you can move forward regardless of that fear, because we're all going to have it. And no matter if you conquer whatever fear it is that you have, going back to my childhood, um, I had a fear of a lot of things. I had a fear of the dark. So I hiked up over the top of this mountain pass in the, in the complete dark. I had a fear of heights. So I went skydiving. I had a fear of the water. So I got scuba certified to go underwater. So on and so forth. I just kept going after those fears so that I could move past those things. And the amount of confidence that it gives you when you have tools and when you understand that, hey, everybody's afraid, everybody develops fear, but it's your ability to control that fear. And you control that fear with controlling the narrative that's going on in your head, the story that you're telling yourself, and how you're breathing. So when it comes to breathing, just understand that the breath in is the gas that stimulates you and the breath out. That's the break. So when you see people that are having an anxiety attack, what are they doing? It's all gas. They're telling their nervous system that to get ready, right? They're amping their nervous system up to the point where they can't control themselves. But you see, you know, guys like Navy SEALs and people who work well under pressure, what do they do? They take deep breaths. They start talking slower and deeper to tell their body, hey, I'm in control of this. And that way we can actually think through it. And that's another lesson I learned as a firefighter is that alone, you can't figure out a lot, but together you can figure out and pretty much anything. So as a team and just getting to the point where you're communicating with your with your team hey i don't understand what's going on i i've you know do you guys have any ideas and bouncing it off other people to figure out what's going on because you know no matter how smart and how well trained you are there's going to be things that you're not going to see and you talk about breathing and then controlling um this story you tell yourself and you talk about breathing but how do you control the story. You have to tell yourself a new story and you have to believe it. You have to understand that everything, everything that you believe in up until this point has been a story that you've told yourself. And a belief is just something that you've told yourself so many times that you believe it to be true without even questioning it. So let me give you a, a kind of an embarrassing example, the power of belief. Okay. Um, it's called my hazel eye story. I, th I thought that I had hazel eyes since I was a young kid because my mom told me I had hazel eyes and I never questioned it. I never looked up what hazel eyes are. 
Hey, I even had it on my driver's license that I have hazel eyes. Well, then when I was 30 something years old and I was married, I got in an argument with my wife because it came up somehow. Oh yeah, we were watching, we were watching TV and this model came on and she had beautiful hazel eyes. And she said, oh, she's got beautiful hazel eyes. And I said, she doesn't have hazel eyes, I do. And she looked at me and she kind of rolled her eyes and was like, seriously? Like, yeah. She's like, that's, your eyes aren't hazel. Your eyes are green. And so we argued back and forth, right? And I was positive because I'd been told that I had hazel eyes, right? <laughs> so she goes, why don't you Google it? So I look it up. Sure enough, light brown eyes are hazel. Okay. And I've got green, sometimes bluish eyes, but because my mom told me, but what's even funnier is her mom told her that's why she did. And she never guessed second guessed it. Okay. So this is the power of beliefs for 30 something years. I believed with absolute certainty that I had hazel eyes. You know, what's crazy about that is then I sat, I sat back and I thought to myself, where in the, all the other way more important areas of my life, relationships, you know, God, fitness, money. Am I believing something with 100% certainty that is completely wrong? So new information is extremely important. That's why it's important to talk to people that have differences in opinion, right? That can challenge your belief systems. And that's what coaching does, right? Coaches just challenge other people's belief systems because sometimes people can't see, you know, their own false belief systems or, or belief systems that a better way to put it is belief systems that are not serving you because we want to talk about right and wrong a lot of times, but ultimately sometimes it's so gray that it comes down to, is it serving you? So coming back to your question about changing that story, you just pick a new one, you pick a new one and you do that by getting new information, reading books from people that you respect listening to podcasts, and then you get these little nuggets and you think, oh, I'm going to take that and I'm going to replace it. What this belief system I have, and I'm going to replace it with this new belief system. I'm going to, what I call upgrade, I'm going to upgrade that thinking. Okay. You want me to share the most powerful tool that I've ever learned the last 15 years that I got from my coach? It sounds like something I'd like to hear. Yeah. Okay. This completely changed my life. Okay. It's called catch, own, Replace, okay? And this is exactly, this is gonna answer the question that you asked on how do you change this narrative in your head? So first off, the first part, catch. You have to catch yourself thinking in a way that doesn't serve you. And how do you know? Pain, um, uncomfort, like being uncomfortable, um, stress, like your body's gonna reflect how you're thinking. So, you have to be very self-aware of what's the story I'm telling myself this morning? Because most of them are subconscious, meaning that like you don't even know. This. You've told yourself a story so long that you just accepted it. So you feel a certain way. The second part is own. Okay, and there's two parts to this. You have to own the fact that you're the one that's doing it. And you have to own the fact that it's completely an interpretation. So... People can get to a place where like, okay, I understand that I'm the one that's creating these thoughts, right? I'm thinking these thoughts and whether I'm doing it out of like on purpose or I'm just letting it come into my mind, like watching the news or, or listening to somebody that I, that I, that's negative that I shouldn't be listening to, or I'm putting it there myself. 
I have to own it and understand that it's me. The second part is interpretation and that there's unlimited amount of interpretations that you can use to interpret a, a situation. So how I explain this is, is that there's a center to every room. Mathematically, you can find that center of that room. That room, that center, we could call that the truth. Let's say we're looking because we're looking for the truth. But if there's unlimited ways to get to that center, that means that there's unlimited ways to perceive what's going on. Okay. So yeah. if there was a tennis match, one guy's winning and he's super excited. The other guy's losing and he's pissed off. And then everybody in the crowd has got their own interpretation of what's going on. And they're feeling completely different. That's what we're talking about here is that every time something happens, we're going to interpret it. We're going to add meaning to it. So you get to add the meaning to it. And nothing has meaning until you add meaning to it and until you interpret it. So remember, we talked about fears, misinterpreted energy. So this energy starts to well up inside you and you start to interpret it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die inside this fire. Oh my God, I'm not going to, instead of being like, look, I've trained, I've trained on this. I've got my guys backing me up. We're not going to have any problems. We're going to go in. We're going to make a search. We're going to put out this fire and we're going to get out safe. And that's what's going to happen. And when you tell yourself, whatever you tell yourself, okay, it's going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to experience it in your body. Okay. So the last part is replace. And this is the hard part. You get to replace the story that you're telling, or you can use the word upgrade. I like upgrade because if somebody has a, a, something that they're telling themselves, it's not that it's wrong. It's just that it's not serving you right now. So let's, how can we upgrade that? And then when you upgrade it, you actually have to upgrade it, meaning that you change your behavior because a lot of times people will catch what, catch the feeling or catch the thoughts that they're, that they're thinking. They understand that they're the ones that are creating it, but then they just analyze it. They sit there and they analyze it and they don't do anything to change it. That's where the work is. You actually have to get up and do something differently. That's how you know that it's different. That's how you know that you've upgraded or changed the, the story in your head. And then by doing it, taking a, 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 like a different action that you normally would, then things change. So that's catch you and replace. Awesome. Uh, let me ask you, did you, after this, after you broke, uh, did you leave your firefighter kind of career or uh, are you doing the coaching kind of thing next to that? Yeah, I did. I did not leave. And um, I learned, like I said, I, I developed that tool. That was one of the tools, catch on replace, uh, one of the many tools um, that I developed. But no, I've been a firefighter for, for 25 years. I'm about one and a half years from retirement. And so I moved into coaching because this is my passion. It's my passion to help people think, eat, and move with a purpose. Um, because I think that that's something that a lot of people are missing is, is that purpose. Like I've been searching for, for my purpose for a long time. And, um, and my camera's doing some weird stuff. And I've finally realized that our purpose is to heal the pain that we have and then show other people how to heal that pain. So whatever it is for you, every, our, we all have unique pain physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that is. 
our purpose is to figure that out and to overcome that so that we can help more people. And what have you learned about influencing people in like this coaching? That's one of those ones where the only way that you can really influence people is to lead by example. So a lot of people are creating content, myself included, but the alignment is to demonstrate a life that's working and actually grow yourself and just to document that. So like for me, I'm constantly growing in, in a lot of different areas. And so I have to be authentic in the fact that I'm, that I, that I haven't made it, the fact that I haven't, that I'm not perfect. The fact like you show people that you're struggling, you show people that you're willing to work through whatever it is to get to that place that you want to go because you know, we choose these goals and we think it's the goal, but it's the person that we have to become in the process. That's the, that's the important part. That's the part that, that we're, that we're all missing. So we choose these goals and then we work and we strive towards them. And that's how we influence people is, is people see what we're doing and you show people like, that's what leadership is, is I'll go first, even though I don't know, I I've done my research and I know maybe 50, 67% of it. And then I'm going to figure out the rest. And then you're able to call people to higher ground. Right. And, and that's the point is, is that, you know, exercise, you go to the gym and you work through a, a certain amount of pain to, so that your body will grow. And you do that over and over and over again. And you learn how to build biceps and a chest and a back, and you have to learn how to build your body. And then you're able to share that with people on how they can build their body. Because I believe that your body is the gateway to your mind. And if you use your body to control your mind, it's the most effective thing you can do. And a lot of people are trying to motivate their way out or into things when that's a top-down approach. That's from the mind down to the body. And the mind down to the body is about 20% communication. And from the body up to the mind is about 80% because your, your mind is always checking in with your body to see what's going on. So when you commit to certain things, you just do them with your body and, and you use your body to control your energy level and you elevate before you even think about it. Because most of the time we're, we're trying to think our way out of hard work. And so that's why one of my favorite quotes is act your way in before you think your way out. Because when it becomes to something that's hard and difficult and painful, your, your mind is all, your mind and brain are all about survival. So they're going to try to talk you out of it. But we know that in order to grow and become better, it's always on the other side of pain and fear. So when we create commitments and then just train ourselves to move right into action, then we get a different result. But if we don't, then we live in that loop of our own mind and we can't break out of it. It's just a pattern that we, that we keep repeating over and over again. And how do we go from like think um yeah thinking first and like mind to body 
how do how do we go from that to body to mind? It takes a lot of self-awareness. You're going to hear me keep saying that. And Gary Vee likes to say that too. One of the best skills that people can have is self-awareness. And when you start to realize your own low-level thinking, you start to realize that the only thing that will level that will that will take you up a level is your commitments to doing more. So when you commit to it ahead of time, the strongest form of willpower is commitment. So when you make a decision, hey, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I'm going to go work out. Well, what do people do? Then they then it comes time and their alarm goes off and then they hit snooze and and then they fall back asleep and then they get up and then they kind of feel guilty about it. And it's like, ah, you know, so that's okay. You know, you tell yourself you're going to do that and then you wake up and then you don't. And then guess what? You feel like shit. So you think to yourself, huh? Okay. Next time I'm not going to do that. Next time I, I'm not going to hit snooze. And then you don't and you get up like, okay, all right. And then maybe the next time you waste some time and you don't quite work out, but you got up early, you know, and then, you know, day number three, you're like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to work out. I'm going to wake up and then I'm going, and then I'm going to have all my stuff already. I got my gym bag ready and I'm just going to grab it. And I'm just going to go to the gym and you do, but then you get to the gym and you don't really know what to do, you know? So you screw around a little bit and you do a, like kind of a, you know, half-assed workout and then you leave. Right. So it's this process of, of learning through failure. And then you just keep going until you get the result you want. And so I tell people all the time that depression for men is not the same as depression for women. Depression for men is something called learned helplessness. So learned helplessness is the opposite of power. So how do you develop power in yourself? How do you develop personal power? You have to do the things that you actually have control over. So what are the things that you have control over? When you wake up, what you do with your body, the food that you feed your body, what you put in your mind, personal development, and the people you spend time around. That's the only things that you have control over in this life. So if you start to take control over those things that you can control, then you won't have that learned helplessness and it won't move into depression. And if you don't focus your mind on something that you're, that's positive, that's going to build you up, guess what it's going to do? It's going to focus on all the negative stuff. It's going to focus on all the things that you can't control. And that's going to develop what? Anxiety, depression, fear, all these negative emotions. So the first thing that you can do is start to take back your power by doing what I call using the blueprint, which is to control those five things. And it's a practice. And you're going to backslide. You're going to screw up. But you just be very aware of how you feel when it does, because you realize that when you start doing these things, your energy level goes through the roof. And the point of that is, is that when you have the energy to do what you need to do in life, then you can pour that into your people. And that's the point. Acquire what you admire and then give it away to the world, right? Build yourself up and then give it away to the people that you want to give it to, you know, your immediate family, you know, your podcast viewers, the people that you run into. But if you're, if you, if you wake up and you don't control those things and you're at a low energy level, you're going to walk around all day and you're going to be, 
you're not going to add value to anybody. You're not going to add value to your family. You're not going to add value to the people that you run into because you're just concerned with how you feel and how, how, how you feel shitty. You know, when you feel, when you feel that way, the natural tendency is to shut down and withdraw. But when you have a protocol that you can anchor yourself to, no matter how hard it gets, like for me, if I, if I, go, if I have a bad day at the fire department and we get woken up a couple of times and I've got three or four hours of sleep, it doesn't matter. I still go down and work out at five in between five and 6 a.m. Because I know that if I don't, things are going to go really bad that day mentally. And it's, and then it's just this downward slope or, or a backslide for the whole day. And then a whole, and a day turns into a couple days, turns into a week. And then pretty soon, you know, you're gaining weight. You feel worse about yourself. You're less valuable to the people around you because you're self-centered and you're just consider you like, you're just thinking about yourself. But when you develop yourself and you build that energy level up, you just want to give it away. You just want to pour it into your people. So developing a routine or a blueprint or a protocol where you do the things that you know are going to raise your energy level up is essential. And that's how people take their power back. That's how people control their mind. Direct their mind is a better way to put it because your mind never stops. So if you learn to direct it into the, into the, the areas that you want, you're going to have massive results. But most people just, they let the news, they let other people, they let social media, they let the current results of their life dictate what they do. And you, you talked about uh, like purpose and uh, how I, a big problem is that people kind of are missing that. Do you like have any advice on, I guess, how to find purpose? Mm -hmm. I sure do. So the hints are in what do you admire? What do you admire about other people? Like, what do you admire about them physically? What do you admire about them energetically? What do you admire about how they show up, their character, what they've done, their accomplishments? Everybody has these things that are just natural that come up. And that is what you have to look at. You look at those things and then you go to work on yourself to develop those things in yourself. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to acquire the things that you admire and then to turn around and to give them away to the world. And that's unique to everybody. That's what's so beautiful about that. You talk a lot about um, like mindset and this this term creating an unbreakable mindset. So why is why is that important? And kind of how do you actually do that? All right, that's a great question, and I've spent a lot of years studying studying this. And first off, let's talk about uh, there's basically two parts to the mind. There's your conscious mind, and there's your subconscious mind. Now. Metaphorically, your conscious mind is the captain of a battleship, okay? And your subconscious mind is the battleship. 
So what that means is, is that the captain gives all of the orders. Okay. It's he's yelling the orders down to the crew of the battleship, but the battleship is who's actually steering and controlling the battleship. But when the captain isn't paying attention, the battleship just goes along its way, which is your habits. Okay. So the captain writes the program. So your conscious mind, that voice inside your head, it's what's originally writing the program. And then your subconscious just runs the program. So if you learn to write a good program, which is your mind and how you're talking to yourself, that'll become habit if you do it long enough. This is why it's so important. So how do you develop an unbreakable mindset? I think there's a couple parts to it. One is learn to sit in your pain. And what I mean by this is that I believe that there's only one thing that changes adults and that's pain. So life will serve us up lessons in the form of pain until we learn. And then we change our behavior. But most people don't sit in that pain long enough to, to get the lesson. And that's why they keep repeating it. And they don't believe that they can actually do anything different. They believe that things are just the way they are, that you can't change things. But if you believe, if you have a growth mindset, if you think, huh, I'm not good enough yet. I don't have a good enough story yet. I haven't uh, met the right person who's going to steer me in the right direction yet. I haven't read enough books yet. I haven't worked out hard enough yet. It's yet. Because when we find that information, when we create that different story, we start to do things differently. And that's what changes our life. So learning to sit in the pain long enough where you learn the lesson. And I promise you, if you sit in pain long enough, you will learn the lesson because it forces us to go deep. That's why they talk about how when you win, that's nice. But when you fail, that's where you really learn. So if we can learn to perceive failure or pain in a way that benefits us and we can actually embrace it. That's why I do cold water in the morning, every morning. There's not a single morning. I've been doing this for five, six, seven years. There is not a single morning where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get in the cold water. It hurts. And that's the point. You, you see yourself. You reveal yourself. I walk out, right? I, I, I come up to the door and I'm looking outside at my cold plunge and there's snow on the ground and I'm already cold. And my mind, I'm watching, I'm observing my mind trying to make up excuses on why I shouldn't do it. And I start to smile and I, I'm like, oh, there you are. There's the procrastinator. And then you just move into action anyway. So it's a practice. You feel the resistance. You feel the excuses. You feel the procrastination because we're all doing it. And then you just go anyway. And you move into action. Because why? Because I committed to. And we need to become good at being ourselves. And what that means is, is that when we tell ourselves we're going to do something, we do it. Because we know when we start to figure things out about, okay, I know that I have to do X, Y, and Z to get this result. 
But then of course, there's the resistance, there's the pain, there's the fear that comes up. And so when you say to yourself, when you get in the cold water and it hurts, you say, okay, so it's painful. So what? It's just a, it's just a feeling. It's just emotion. And pretty soon I'll be done. And I'll be out. And that's kind of like life. Like life goes in these cycles and these waves and you get punched in the face, you know, like all the stress that I was dealing with. And then, you know, people have loved ones that die and, and, you know, they, they lose their house and they, they have people that betray them. All these hard lessons in life that you go, okay, this hurts. I'm going to keep moving past it. I'm going to keep going. And that comes back to having that protocol. If you have a protocol that you can anchor yourself to, to build your own power back every single day, that is the secret. That's what people are missing. Move your body and do it intensely. Work out hard and align your mind with that and see what happens. Find a good personal development book and read a couple of pages instead of, instead of turning on the news or listening to a friend that's always negative. Eat well. Pick a diet that you know that you can stick with for the rest of your life that's going to feed your body. And become a person that adds value to other people so that you can surround yourself with other people that are going to be like that. Because those people, they won't let you slide. They'll call you out on your bullshit and they'll bring you up. As opposed to the people who are just negative, who are going to shoot down your dreams, who are going to let you slide on your vices and the things that you're doing. They want to see you fail. But people who love you, they're going to call you out. But you have to earn those people. You have to be a person of value that would have those people around you. And when you're developing yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, when you have that protocol and you're developing a, an indestructible mindset, you will attract those people. And they will come into your life and your life will just get better and better. And then you, you're able to call other people to higher ground and help other people and pull as many people with you along the way. So I think that's how you develop an indestructible mindset. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. A saying uh, I heard from you uh, about about this mindset is finding comfort in doing the uncomfortable. Um, how how do you do that? Mm. That's a great question. That's a hard one because it's levels. It's levels, and you'll you you're, you're going to hear me use the term capacity a lot because. You have to build your capacity in all these different areas. So 
we all have our strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So I've always had a high capacity for pain physically. So I, I've developed a, I've developed a very good physique, but one of the areas that I've had to really work on is my emotional tolerance, my emotional capacity, my ability to control my emotions. So when you put yourself in situations that you know are going to force you to grow, like for example, having difficult conversations and you, you do that on purpose because you know that you're going to grow from it. And the more you do it, the more you're able to do it the next time. And so I think that's, that's the point is, is, is that it's through practice. You practice putting yourself in uncomfortable positions to where you start to go, okay, just like the cold water. Like, for example, I tell people, don't start off with 33 degree water. You know, that it feels like acid when you get it and it's so painful. It's so painful when you get into 33 degree water that the likelihood of you going back and doing it again is less, not more. But if you start off at 55 degree water, you're like, ooh, like that was painful, but not too painful. And then the next day you can do it again. And then pretty soon after a week or, you know, a month, you're like, I'm going to drop it down into the 40s. And then you do that. And man, it's just like going to the gym and lifting weights. You're progressively going up in weight. So the resistance and whatever it is that you're doing, you keep pushing up against that resistance to get stronger. Stronger emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally, all of those things, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow and develop all those skill sets to become better and more valuable. And the only way to do that is to find comfort in the uncomfort, which is just really knowing that you're going to grow once you get through. Or as you get through is probably more accurately. Another thing that I heard you say is you're punished not for your sins, but by them. Um, what does what does that mean? Mm, that's my favorite. That's my favorite uh, quote spiritually. So what that means is that life is an inner game, and that whatever it is that you do, you're punished instantly internally for it, or rewarded. So for example, we all know the feeling of when we lie, when we shouldn't, especially when we we lie to a loved one, let's say, and you have that feeling of regret or shame or guilt. That's you being punished. So it's the same thing when you do something positive. When you do something for somebody else, when you serve somebody else, and you get that feeling inside of that positive feeling, that good feeling in your heart, that's your re it's an instant reward. And you know what's really cool about that is not only is that the case for yourself, but let's say when you do something for somebody else, and somebody else sees it, they don't even have to be involved in the in whatever's going on, but they see it. It makes them feel positive. So you can't get away with hurting other people in this world. There's there's what you give is what you get. You can call it karma. 
that I believe it's called the law of compensation. Whatever you put out, you're going to get back. So not only is that true physically, like if you go and you beat somebody up or, you know, something like that, but if you just wish people harm or negative negativity, you will be punished for that inside because you know it's not right. And you're punished through time. You won't be able to get it off your mind. So you won't be able to be present in the moment. So like when you do something bad and you're thinking about it three days later, that's what I'm talking about. You can't focus in on the present, what you're supposed to be doing because you're thinking about that thing that you need to write. So you go and you write that wrong. And then guess what? All of a sudden you feel good inside and then mentally you can move past it. So that's what I mean by that phrase. We talked about uh, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. Um, what, how do they play into creating habits? A great question. So your subconscious mind basically is all your habits. So if you want to know what your habits are, just watch what your behavior is, what it is at default. That's your subconscious mind. So in order to create new habits, you have to replace them with, with something new. You cannot break them. People talk about breaking them and, and that would mean just eliminating something. You have to replace it with something else and you have to do it for a certain amount of time until it becomes the new habit. So your conscious mind is that voice inside. It's the voice that says, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this, this year, this coming year. This is what people use as their New Year's resolutions. The problem is, is they have 20, 30, 40 years of habit, which is their subconscious that says, no, you're not. You're going you're gonna to watch four hours of Netflix like you've been like, you know, the, your, the last 20 years of your life. So you literally have to create a different identity, a different person if you're going to change, or you'll just go back to the way you were. So you use your conscious mind to write that out, right? That's when people are writing out their goals. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Okay. But then what you do is you break that down into the action steps, the commitments, right? What are the things? Okay. We'll lose 30 pounds. That's one thing. Well, that doesn't mean anything to your, to your body and to your mind. It sounds good, but what does that look like? Oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to drop my calories down 500. I'm going to start eating more protein. I'm going to be more active with this, this, and this friend. And then you start to put that on the calendar. That is how you change a habit. And then you move into it and you do it. And then guess what? You're going to screw it up. You're going to fail. You're going to backslide, right? And it's going to make you feel like shit. But if you laugh at it, and you go, okay, all right, what did I learn from this? And then the next day, what, like I said, again, you just adjust and then you keep going. And pretty soon that becomes your new identity. That becomes your new habit. It depends. People ask how long that takes. It depends. It depends on the person. It depends on, on the meaning they, they, they add to it. Because a lot of people, they're trying to change their habits, but they're not aligning with it. So for example, they go to the gym and they're working out and they're telling themselves the whole time, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to be here. I don't like this. I don't like the way I look at my clothes. Everybody's looking at me. I don't feel right here. Okay. That's being unaligned. So when I talk about aligning your body and mind, this is what I'm talking about. You get to the gym. You start to elevate your energy level with a hard workout. You start to feel it. 
And then at that point, when you start to like, you want to say some negative stuff or your mind goes somewhere else, you bring it back into the moment and you say, man, nobody does curls like me. Nobody squats like me. And I love the feeling of this burn. I love this. And you start telling yourself, a lot of people will, will say, well, you know, you're kind of lying to yourself. You're getting yourself psyched up. That's true. But pretty soon that will be true. And when you do that, when you have alignment with your body and your mind, now you're on fire. And all it takes is you commit to whatever you're going to do. You start to move into action. And then you bring your mind into the present moment and you talk to yourself like a coach would. How should I talk to myself to make myself feel powerful in this moment? And then that will change the way you feel inside. And then if you feel good doing something, your likelihood of doing it again is much higher. So when I go in and I get in the cold water and it hurts so bad, I start to just be like, oh, this is man, this is good, right? Like, and I look up and I'm looking at like the stars and the, and the steam coming off. And then when I get out, then I'm like, woo, and just like start screaming and then just like, you know, jumping up and down and then just like talking to myself, like, yes, you did it. You did it again, you know? And then I go and get in the shower and then I just keep going on my day, right? So you take these difficult things and you push past them and you try to align your story while you're doing them and you keep doing that. And it's really, really hard to do that. It's a, it's a practice every single day and you'll master one day and then you'll wake up and it'll be gone and you'll have to do it again the next day. And that's why the commitments are so important with whatever it is that you're committed to doing is that you don't wake up in the morning and make the decision over and over again. You make the decision ahead of time and then you just practice it until it becomes the new habit. One thing you, you said, how long does it take? Um, I read uh, Atomic Habits with James Clear. He says, um, it's not how long it takes, it's how many, how many does it take? Like how many times do you have to do it? So like the more you do it, the easier it gets. You build this identity. And when you yeah. have that identity, it's, it's like much easier to you know you go to the gym because you just you, you go to the gym that's your identity that's just who you are and that aligning your your self-talk with what you're doing is the is is building the new identity right when when uh when people are trying to quit smoking you're not trying to quit smoking you got to be you got to say to yourself i don't smoke anymore that's not who i am right so if you're a person who always works out it's not if it's when you don't say, am I going to work out today? It's when am I going to work out today? And how fast and what am I going to do? And so it's, you're changing the way you talk to yourself. And that's what identity is. Identity is, is who you believe yourself to be. And when you act that out, that's the most powerful thing there is. That's why we're talking about like, uh, like regret and, you know, punishing yourself inside because you know yourself to be a certain way when you break those, your own rules and you're not aligning with those rules, then you, you feel bad. And that's the point is to guide you back on to that path of what, of what you're supposed to do. Talk about like reading and learning, uh, like feeding your mind. So um, I guess some 
recommendations for um i don't know books courses stuff yeah. like that there's so many um it's really interesting because I failed my way through school. I mean, I hated learning. I hated, re I didn't read a single book in high school. And then when I got out and I started reading what I liked, I became a voracious learner and I couldn't get enough. And, you know, and now, you know, hundreds of books later, what's so amazing to me is that we live in a time where you can want to learn a certain subject and you can look up who the best is, who are the top five in the world. And most likely they've, they've written books. And then you go on Amazon and you have those books shipped right to your house. And then you get to take what it took this person their whole life. And you get to absorb that in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, depending on how long it takes you to read that book. And then you get to apply that. I don't know if there's anything cooler than that. Because that's power. Like, you want to learn anything. So for me personally, there's a lot of different. It depends on the, on the areas. But a couple that stand out that are so great when it comes to, let's just say when it comes to psychology, the mind, and dealing with all that stuff. Um, there's, there's two books. One's called The Tools. And the other one's called Coming Alive by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. They're psychiatrists that have got 75 years together. And they're just amazing at some of the stuff that they help people understand life and, and how hard things are and how to use your mind. And they have a bunch of different tools in there on how to deal with, with, uh, with difficult emotions. And some of the most valuable books I bought. Um, also, Michael Singer uh, wrote two books, one called The Untethered Soul. The other one's called Living Untethered. Those four books have been extremely powerful. Of course, there's a ton more out there, uh, but it just depends on the, on the subject. But those are some that right off the top of my head that, that are just amazing, that have made a major difference in my life. Let's talk about networking. So you talked about like becoming this person that would kind of um, attract that kind of people. But apart from that, how do you network with people that are going to push you to be better instead of like uh, holding you back from mm. reaching your goals? That's a great question. Coming back to self-awareness and making sure that you're always growing yourself. And that you're actually looking because I think there's a lot of people out there that actually want to share their, their knowledge and their information. And if you look for those, if you're actively looking for people to do that, then, then you're going to find them. But I honestly believe that you attract people into your life based off of who you are. So you got to ask yourself, who am I being? Like, am I being a person that would attract high level people? And, and that's something that's very difficult for a lot of people to, to, to do because we like to tell ourselves stories, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, you're doing great and you're, you're plenty smart. And you, you, tell, you like to tell ourselves these lies. When in all reality, like if we're pushing ourselves, if we're striving to be the best person we can be, like that's massive. But I think, to be honest with you, the best thing you can do is to become a person, um, a person of value. And meaning that, 
you have this belief system that no matter who you come in contact with, you're going to create value. Like I, I say that all the time. I'm a high, I'm a high value man. And whoever I come in contact with, I will provide value. And everybody can provide value. That's knowing yourself. So you, you have to take inventory of what it is that you do. Like, what are you good at? What do you do better than other people? And how can you use that to help other people? And when you do that, when you start to get to the point where you, where you know that, then no matter who you're talking to, whether it's somebody at the gas station, you know, or, or whatever, when you're out and about, you can provide value to people because that's your intention. Like every phone call, like with, even with your family members, you get on a phone call in your mind before you get on that phone call, take, you know, a minute and be like, what's my intention today? When I get on the phone with like, let's say my mom, you know, what's my intention today with her? Do I want to make her feel good? Do I want to tell her things that I probably should tell her that I haven't, that she hasn't heard, right? Do I want to go do something for her and help her out? Like, what is the intention of this conversation? Most people are just caught up in themselves, self-absorbed, right? And when dealing with other people, um, you have to have rapport. And, and you build rapport by finding what you have in common with that person, by asking questions by learning about that person so that you can provide value. Like all of my friends I have in my contacts, I, under the notes, I have tons of stuff about them, you know, favorite colors, favorite foods, you know, what they like, what they don't like their love languages, like all these things about the people that I love so that I can serve them higher. I can serve them on a higher level so that I know about, them, you know, what they, what they like, what they want. So I think when it comes to networking, First step is to become a person that, that would create value for other people and then actively seek other people. And when you seek that person out, people are always, oh, what can I get from this person? But it comes back to the law of compensation, which is you have to give before you get. It's like going to the stove, the famous saying, going to a wood stove and saying, give me fire and then I'll give you the logs. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to, you have to give the logs, you have to build the fire and you have to put a lot of energy into it before it starts to radiate back. And that's how people are, you know, is you, you provide value enough to where they, they almost feel indebted to, 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 to give back to you. And it's the coolest thing is, is that it doesn't even have to be to you. Like when you pour into other people, they might pour into somebody else. They might not even pour back into you. But the, the way the universe works is that when you do that, it has to flow back into your life. So when you realize, like when you try to what's called, I like to, to play the game, how, uh, can I outgive the giver? And God's the ultimate giver, right? Like, can I give more than he can? No, but it's a fun game to play because the more you give, the more you get. And it just keeps flowing back into your life, right? So you become that person and then you just look for opportunities to give and share and, and you build relationships with people. A term I came across on one of your posts was proximity is power. What does, what does that mean? Ooh, that's a good one because life is a transfer of energy. So ever been around somebody and you don't even know why you just feel good when you're around them. That's what we're talking about. Like because they invest in themselves and because they've done the things we're talking about, they're vibrating on a certain frequency and you can feel that 
You can feel that in how they talk to you and what they say, what they do. And that's power. Me and my brother, I'll just tell you a personal story. I was estranged for, from one of my brothers for about two years because he was going through a lot of, we were both going through a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of difficult times. And, and he withdrew. And it was very painful for me, right? But um, it took him some time to come back. And when he did come back, he said, Mike, just being around you has improved my life dramatically. Just being around you. And it's because like I poured everything I had into him. And it was, and it was also because of who I had become. I'd been working on myself for those two years. So I was a different person. And just being around me like helped raise him up. And that's how it is with, with, with groups of people is, is that when, when the people are working on themselves, that transfer of energy is just natural. And, and that's what creates great relationships. So a lot of my mission with kind of this podcast is finding men, like good mentors for myself and creating this content for other people who also need like mentors. So I wanted to ask you what's uh, for like advice on finding mentors and kind of if you have like experience with mentorships, like somebody who mentored you or somebody you mentored, I guess, because you're a yeah. coach. Um, actually my first coach, um, it took me a while to find him and I went through a lot of people. So I was actively seeking, um, a coach and I knew it was a very difficult time in my life and I knew I needed some direction. And so I went to several before I found my coach. And so you have to like, look for people, actively look for people and inquire, but then also you got to trust your, your inner self in is this the guy or is this not the guy? Because you usually know right off the bat. And that's how I did. I found this one guy and, and he, he said, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, give you a coach, a free coaching session. If you can meet me down in Arizona, which is like 18 hour drive away. So I, me and my brother drove down there and within five minutes, I knew this was the guy. And so I coached with him, um, for several months. He was extremely expensive, but he, put my path on a completely different direction. And that's where everything started. But you have to learn to listen to yourself and what it is that you're looking for. And another thing is, is that when it comes to mentors and coaches, you got to realize that you're going to get, you're going to get pieces of the puzzle from each mentor or coach. So you might go with a coach and then you'll be done with that coach. And then you'll move on to a different coach and you'll find another piece of the puzzle from that coach. And that's, what's happened with me is that I've spent over $50,000 in, in coaching and I've learned so many things from all the different coaches that have come together to make me who I am. And then ultimately to make it my own personal information or experience. So like trust yourself in the direction that you're going. And if you see something, you'll feel it inside when you start to study somebody, you'd be like, man, 
I respect that guy. I like that guy. I like what he's about. Or you'll, you'll be talking to somebody, you'll be like, eh, you know, they're good, but it just doesn't speak to me. So that's what I would do is, is, is look for that because that's what, if you're growing, which you should be constantly growing, like you're going to be changing and you're going to need different things along that path. And so you have to like inquire and ask. And that's another thing is, is like constantly asking people, you know, who's the best in this, or who do you think would know about this? Or, or do you know anybody who does this? And, you know, on social media or your friends or whatever, because a lot of times, you know, we're caught up in our ego and we, we want something just to happen. But if we start asking, it actually comes to fruition really quick. I want to loop back like quickly to you talk about self-awareness and how do we go about like increasing that because that you said it's an important thing but how so self-awareness is is kind of a double-edged sword because when you become self-aware it's painful because that voice that's in your head, that's not you. You can actually separate yourself from that voice and watch that voice happen. That's called the uh, conscious observer. So you observe your mind. And this is what meditation is partially, is you just watch your mind think. But this is painful because <laughs> now you're aware of it. Because most people, what they do is they distract and they sedate themselves out of thinking or doing anything, right? When things get hard, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch a movie or I'm going to start scrolling on, on, on Instagram or TikTok or something. But if you can sit in those stories and sit in those thoughts and observe it, that becomes the practice. So everybody has a level of self-awareness, but developing a deeper self-awareness is just practicing just that. When you start to, let's say you start to get angry and you can feel yourself getting angry, but you're like, huh, why am I getting angry now? Like I'm listening to my wife talk or my friend talk or something. And I notice that I'm getting a little pissed off. What's going on? And if you actually step back and observe your thinking, it'll all of a sudden come to you like, oh, I remember I'm getting angry because this triggered me about a conversation we had, you know, six months ago and, and they're making me remember this or something, whatever. Right. So it's your ability to step back out of your emotions and just watch yourself, not judge yourself. You're like, Hmm, I'm jealous. Why am I jealous? Or I'm pissed off or I'm scared. That's a, that's a big one for men, right? Oh, that's fear. That's interesting. Why am I afraid? Hmm. And you just, just becoming curious about that and being able to practice being in your own emotions and feelings. That's it. I mean, I, I would like to make it more complicated than that, but it's not. It's a practice of just observing what you're thinking and how you're feeling and how what you're saying to yourself is creating and the stories that you're saying are creating certain emotions and feelings. And then you just go, at that point, you can either change it catch on replace 
or just be like, hmm, that's interesting. Now I just understand myself a little bit better. So that next time I'm in a, a, a argument with this person or a talk with this person and I start to feel that way, I don't blame it on them. It's, it's me. It's because of this. And then maybe we, we can have a conversation about that thing that'll make me feel better. But a lot of times people, they don't even know, like they, they get, they start to feel a certain way and they, they project it on the other person. They say, oh, when I was driving, that driver pissed me off because he did this. That driver didn't do anything. You chose to perceive it a certain way and you chose to get angry. We all do that. And when you learn that, you go, huh, why does that piss me off? You get to the point where you start to do that all day long, and then self-awareness becomes this superpower. So that's how you develop self-awareness, in my opinion. How do you do that? How do you observe that without judging yourself, without judging these thoughts? Mm, man, that's a great question, because that's hard. I think that's just a practice too. I think it's one of those things where judging, realizing that judging yourself, judging doesn't do anything. Like for example, also getting emotionally pissed off at something doesn't change the thing. What changes the thing? Action or my thinking about the thing, because you can only change two things. You can change your environment or what you do or what's happening around you, like what you're doing, or you can change the way you're thinking about it. That's your only two options. So when you start to realize, oh man, did I just call myself a piece of shit? Like, why did I do that? I'm not a piece of shit. Like, why did I say that? Oh, it's because when I was a kid, my dad used to call me a piece of shit when I didn't do this, this, and this. Huh, okay, well, I can stop doing that now and treat myself more kind. That doesn't mean you let yourself off the hook. That just means that you just, there's no reason to degrade yourself when ultimately, if you fail, that's amazing because you got in the arena. You actually tried. Like failure is amazing. It's beautiful. If you choose to learn from it. But a lot of times people will fail or get rejected and then they'll choose to judge themselves. You know, you ask a girl out or something, you go talk to a girl and she rejects you and you're like, oh, instantly it's got to be me when it might not have anything to do with you. It might just have to do with just timing, right? Or your skill set or whatever. Like it's just... It's just, that's kind of what we do. But if we catch that and we understand that that doesn't serve us, we can just choose something else that will serve us. And the fact of the matter is, is that we all judge. It's going to happen. You're going to judge yourself. You're going to judge others. But when you catch yourself and you can upgrade that and move into something that's more powerful. So it's a practice. But once again, that it stems from self-awareness. Like, what am I thinking? How's that thinking affecting my, my, my emotions and how I'm feeling and how can I upgrade that? And what are some, I guess, common um, thought patterns that we should upgrade? Like some, some of these things that don't serve us. Hmm. Man, you got some great questions. I think the most common thought patterns is, is not thinking that you can accomplish things, not thinking that you're good enough. When all reality, like that might be true, 
but if you could just add the word yet on the backside of it, and then you can, like we talked about, you can order a book, you can hire a coach, you can work harder. You could do these things that will move you into action. And, and ultimately that's, what's going to change things. So anything that has to do with negativity or self-deprecation or anything like that, that makes you feel that takes you out of action, because that's a lot of what, what these things do is they, they take you out of action and it's the action that's going to change your life. So if we could just be very aware of those, of those thoughts and move and continue moving forward, no matter how hard it is, even if it's just a little step, then I think that will change the pattern and the patterns just, there, there's a lot of common patterns, but just being aware of the pattern and then understanding that you can change the pattern. That's everything. All right. I think that's actually all of the questions I had for you. So is there anything you want to add before we finish off? I would tell people, I would tell people that one of the most powerful things they can do is to create a routine that's going to get them to where they want to go and do it every single day. Do not break with it. And then when you do break, just become aware of why you broke and then just get right back to it. That's it. I mean, it, I don't think it's, it's as complicated as we make it as long as we just keep moving forward. That's awesome. What, what projects are you working on at the moment? So, um, I mean, behind me, you can see this, uh, this brick wall um, I've been working on. I just put that brick wall up yesterday um, with the podcast room and uh, I made some major mistakes on it. You can't see, but over here the the far, the far corner, I used the wrong color grout. And uh, so I got to call my guy and I got to, I got to see, I got to see if he can come down and, and we can, we can uh, try to fix that. But I'm trying to get this room all put together, order all the lighting so that, I mean, obviously the lighting in here is, is not great. Um, but I got, I got a bunch of lighting coming. I got my garage gym that I'm working on as well. And those two places where I'm going to create most of my content and just taking all of my stuff online and committing to just this next year, 2024 is going to be all about uh, business online. So that's what I've, that's what I've been up to. How about you? I have, I got stuff coming. I have a lot of my had people searching for like coming to me asking to be on the podcast so we got some really great guests coming and i'm it's it's very still in in the idea stage but i'm kind of tinkering with creating a kind of course where I maybe bring on people that I talk to it's like as coaches but on different um like aspects 
mindset as one. So that might be coming, maybe. You know, whatever. I will do that. But yeah. I'm just gonna not do weird story in my mind and say I might do that. I'm I'm gonna do that. One step at a time, man. That's 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 what it's all about. It's really hard to like when you look at how much work it takes to develop anything, and it's really easy to become overwhelmed and then just stop. So it's just yeah, like you're talking about. It's just like what's the next step? What's the next step? And then just break that step down into something that's so easy to do. Like really, I think that's the that's the that's the secret is is you just keep doing that and you don't stop moving forward. You know, you just okay, all right. Well, I screwed up today, but I at least you know, it was one inch forward instead of three feet, you know, and, and uh, sometimes you slide, you backslide, and then you just, okay, how can I get back to this? And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's focus for me. Um, I have a lot of energy and I want to do a lot of things. So I have to keep bringing it back to what's the, what is the the main thing? What's my priority? And so this year it's, I've never focused on business like I'm going to this year. So it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. Awesome. That's, I guess that could be the finishing words. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. It's been nice speaking with you too.